0: Hello, folks. Welcome to On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith, and today I have 2 longtime dear friends that are going to be with us uh, talking about various things in their career and in their community service. And welcome, Jim and Patty Greek.
1: Good morning. Hello. Nice to be here.
0: <laughs> well, we're tickled to have you with us, and let's start out as I normally do with my guest. Give me just a little bit of background history of family uh where you all are originally from as we say around here and uh catch us up patty
2: well i was born and raised in nashville tennessee my mother is originally from athens and my dad is from macon georgia and they met on a blind date from an another athenian uh G. G. walthall and so anyway to make a long story short um Dad was with State Farm, so he was at the new South Central office there in Nashville, which actually ended up being in Murfreesboro, but I was born and raised in Nashville. And Mom, like I said, was from here, and she went to Gulf Park School for Girls, and then she went to Parsons School of Design. And then Dad was uh, the youngest at one time, a B-17 pilot from Macon, Georgia. They met on a blind date here in February of 1951, got married in Morris Hill Presbyterian Church. October 1951, moved to Nashville, and um, my sister is four years older than I am, and uh, her name is Pam, and she lives in England. She is an archaeologist by trade and also a book indexer, and she uh, and Pete, and they met on an archaeological dig, and so Pam has been there ever since. And they have two kids. Um, they're not kids anymore, but my nephew he actually builds games for a living. He was um, he graduated in physics, and then my niece works for a museum and also owns her own business in Bristol, England. And she actually um, has restaurant tours, so she's got two jobs, keeps her busy. So that's and then then Jim has a very interesting childhood as well, living in various places.
0: Jim?
1: So yes, my family background is, is a little different than others. Uh, my parents were both Tennesseans. Dad was born in, in Waynesboro, Tennessee, and mother was from Nashville. But dad was uh, worked for Omen Construction Company out of Nashville, and he was an international contractor. And so, therefore, I... we... I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. Dad was the project manager of the International Airport in Karachi in 1958 when I decided to pop on the scene. So I was born in in Pakistan. We went back to Nashville for about nine months and then we went to Oroville, California. Dad was the project manager of the Oroville Dam there. It's the largest earth-filled dam in the United States. He created Lake Oroville, which is a major reservoir for California. But, so I grew up in Northern California until my seventh grade year. Then we moved back to Tennessee, moved back to Nashville. And I was in Nashville through, you know, high school and college. And I went to Southwestern at Memphis for college, which is now Rhodes in Memphis, But, uh, so, I, and then got married and continued on.
0: (laughs) And here you all are. And here we we are. are. I
1: think that's great.
0: Well, take us through, as as you all have had your career, certainly we've talked about it over the years, take us through those steps starting in the, I guess, retail slash wholesale slash uh, directing of your career, and how you two got together and got married and began your journey toward Athens. Patty?
2: Well, I, was, I graduated from Ole Miss in um, August of 1981. And so graduating in August, it's kind of odd because everybody's so used to people graduating in May. But actually, it worked out the best for me. So I was, I just came, I just got home. Mother's opening her bill to a department store, a small department store, a very high-end department store in Nashville called McClure's. It's a family-owned business. They'd been in business for a little over 75 years at that time. And inside her bill said, looking for Christmas help. And mother said, here you go. This is what you can do until, because my sister was getting married in England in September or in October. So we knew we're going to go to England that September. So I didn't really want to I couldn't go get a job and then say, oh, and by the way, I'm going to be gone for three weeks to, for, you know, for uh, a trip to England. So, I knew, I kept thinking, oh my gosh. So, I jumped in the car, went to McClure's, interviewed, put an application in, interviewed with David Andrews, who is an amazing gentleman, the oldest son of the Andrews family, and he hired me. And I, But, I was up front and told him, you know, that I'd be going to England uh, for my sister's wedding, and he was fine with that. And I happened to be at the right place at the right time. They were, like I said, a super, super family, very well-run business. I learned more from the Andrews family than money could even pay. It was just amazing what they what they taught me. But I was again at the right place at the right time. I was able to help Kim Andrews out, and she was amazing artist. But she did all the store windows. She she had an eye for decorating museum I mean just she just did everything in merchandising and display so I worked with her as well and then by Christmas time they asked me to be a buyer and they put me on a plane to New York City I didn't even know what a purchase order was but they said buy like you would want to buy you know our customers so I again it was just they were super nice as far as training goes so I've been fortunate that I've worked that I worked as a buyer for them for a little over three years, and then, then I was promoted to store manager at the Highway 170 store, and I loved every minute of it. Yes, there were challenges, and I could look back, but I learned so much that I could never begin to, again, pay the Andrews family back for what they did, and then Jim, at the time, was living in Dallas, Texas, and he was working for Lord & Taylor, and he proposed, so... We got married at St. George's Episcopal Church in September, and then I moved out to Dallas. And he was still working for Lord and & Taylor. And then, lo and behold, I was looking for a job doing my, our first load of laundry. And <laughs> I saw an ad in the paper for they were looking for a store manager for Crabtree & Evelyn. of course, I bought Crabtree & Evelyn when I was a buyer for McClure's. So I thought, well, at least I could interview you know, for the job and know what product there is. At least I get you know start my interviewing process. So interviewed for the job, got the store managership for Crabtree and Evelyn. And at the time, it was the largest Crabtree store. Um, it was the thirteenth store in the nation, and and it was fourteen hundred. I went at twelve hundred. Was it twelve hundred square feet or fourteen hundred? And that's a lot when you stop and think. We just sell. We just were selling soap and potpourri. So that's pretty pretty good size store for just that. So that was kind of fun. And then Jim, they said we needed to have two people at that store, if not three or four. And so the reps for that area, Jim and Marion Bass, interviewed Jim to leave Lord and Taylor and to come work with work with me. And they hadn't never had a store manager and assistant or whatever you want to call be a married couple. So we were such an oddity, and but we enjoy working together. And we have worked together ever since. We've been married only two months, I guess, when we started. We got married in September, and we started in November running running the store. And we opened, technically, we opened nine days before Christmas. And we worked about 18 hours a day. So that's when you started,
0: you know. <laughs> and you were Jim's boss, officially?
1: Yes, I was Jim's boss. And Jim is. <laughs> I understand. Yes. Absolutely,
0: I've observed this. Yes. I have.
1: I know my yes. place. You do,
0: and you do it well. But <laughs> <laughs> leaving Lord and Taylor, Jim, was not a major stretch for you, or it was fine.
1: I mean, obviously, well, you were married. But actually, at that at that time, I, I have to say this: my my first the the reason I got into retail was not because I you know. Had a wanted a career in retail.
0: Okay.
1: I was by by degree. I am an international studies student. Okay. I was thinking of doing either state department work or international business of some kind. But when I was in Dallas to interview for for jobs like that. But after dating Patty six years. I thought it was kind of time to go ahead and and, Hmm. uh, pop the question. So I literally took the job at, uh, at, which was the assistant department manager in the men's department at the North Park store in Dallas, literally simply to earn enough money to get a ring and get married. So my foray into retail was in order to get married. So, which,
0: which is a unique thing to put on your application, right, later. Right. Right. Uh,
1: well, yeah, I didn't tell Lord and Taylor that when I <laughs> interviewed with them. Very, smart. but it would that really is the truth. So <laughs> that all happened, but I, I suppose I did an okay job enough at Lord and Taylor that I was promoted to the uh, department managership of the of the home furnishings department. Now, that was a little strange because it's a little embarrassing when the customer comes up to me one day, uh, a nice little lady, and said, would you please show me the the pillow shams? And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I don't know what a pillow sham is. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> and so, so this customer had to explain to the department manager what a sham was. Well, so, there's
0: another definition for a sham. Also, well, it was a sham. That yeah. I didn't know what to a, what a sham, sham was. Exactly. I agree with that. Get us to, I think that's a great story. Get us to the looking at Athens, Tennessee. And I mean, I know the history, but but get us to why here you are in the big city, big company, et cetera, et cetera. And here we come to Athens. Well, what, what prompted that thinking?
2: Well, of course, Crabtree and Evelyn was a great company. Fortunately, that's, for me, that was the second. I went from the Andrews at McClure's, and then, you got to remember, we started off in, in Dallas as store managers, right. you know, and then a, a few months later, the president of Crabtree and Evelyn, who is Paula Carole, she came mm-hmm. to the store because she wanted to see the new store, and she came in February after we opened in December. And she looked around the store and uh, apparently we found out later on that, I don't know, we laughed a lot. We we, we enjoyed, we worked a lot. You have to have fun while you're working. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't want to bang your head against the wall. So she realized that Jim and I laughed a lot. We got along well. We had a great staff. To make the long story short, she when she got back, she, trans- she was going to transfer us to Ohio. And I was going to be the service rep for the company and licensed stores, because Crabtree had company and licensed stores. And Jim was going to run the two stores in Ohio, in Worthington, and Columbus, because there were two stores. Then we we did change of address cards and then they changed their mind and they took us to Woodstock, Connecticut, which is the home office. Sa Harvey is the man who owned Crabtree, started Crabtree and Evelyn. Wonderful, wonderful gentleman. So once again, we're working for, even though it's an international company, it actually is a small company, privately owned, privately held. Loved working with Crabtree. Like I said, we were the 13th store, and our jobs changed. Jim went in as the international purchasing agent, so they transferred us to Woodstock, Connecticut, and so Jim went in as international purchasing agent, and then I went in as the service rep for Connecticut and Rhode Island. For a year, and then later, and then if the they had a plan, which we did not realize, where we, we were part of this plan, because they knew there was going to be growth at Crabtree and Evelyn. So then the next year, I was promoted to Director of U.S. Retail Stores, which means I had all the company stores. And I had I started off at 36. Within 10 years of being, or nine years at that time, being with Crabtree. I had 117 stores. I was flying all over. Jim had been promoted to opening stores. So he was opening stores. So he was going and opening them up. I'd come behind him or sometimes be there ahead of time. I'd make the gift baskets. We'd we the stores and the staff. We'd train the staff members. Then we'd move on to another store. So, but we were always based out of Woodstock. But it wasn't just us. I mean, we had a great team of people. Jean, Jean Cirillo-Cohane was my boss who... I would throw myself in front of a moving car for her. She was absolutely fabulous. And I had a coworker named Harry Arbach, and he's great. He's like a brother. We still are in touch. We talk all the time. And then Tom and then Alan Cummings, our attorney, who was our leasing agent, who would call. He'd call while we were in Massachusetts and go, Patty, you have to be in Freeport, Maine in four hours. I just bought a store. And we got to have a truck of product. And I was going, that's legal. That's humanly impossible. I'm in Massachusetts, have to go to Connecticut. And then be back up in Freeport Maine in four, four hours. Well, anyway, so we had a great time. We had a great team. There's a girl named Tina Harris and Maggie Joyce. And we just, it was just a great department, a great team. So many people that we're still in contact with. But anyway, so then Cy Harvey decided to sell his business. And when that happened, we knew there were going to be a lot of changes. And the positions that we held were going to be probably changed or eliminated so many of us had to leave a place that we dearly loved, dearly cared for, and leave, left a lot of friends, and Jim said, well, we could go anywhere, but he said, every time we would come home to Nashville to visit, we'd come home and visit relatives, which are Charles and Ernestine Meharry. They were the only ones I think Jim ever really met, and a few of my cousins, because most of them had passed away, and my mom had a big family, so we have cousins here, and so Jim said, "Let's. what about Athens? And I was mm-hmm. like, Really? Um, I mean, Athens is a great-sized town, but you got to remember when we lived in Woodstock, Connecticut, it, it had bed and breakfasts. It was a beautiful area, but there wasn't any. This is Athens is a metropolis compared to Woodstock, Connecticut. Huh. I mean, because it was just there were actually more cows than there were people in Woodstock. So we came here. So we flew in from Boston, which is now outside of Woodstock. Um, one, it was a, it was in January, wasn't it? it was,
1: well, and and you know. Add, add that Ernestine, of right. course, in only Ernestine's way, found out that there was a gift shop that was up for sale, which was the main, I mean, which got us talking about coming to Athens. I mean, we did kind of have some reason to come here, that there there was a woman who owned a gift shop that was looking to retire. So we did come you know to look at uh, to look at at the gift shop and see if that's what we wanted to do. We our, our our last 6 to 9 months at Crabtree were were not very enjoyable because if anyone's ever gone through a corporate takeover and you know the the new owner will swear up and down they're not going to change anything. Well, poo on that. So, um It got to be very... Challenging. Well, I was going to use the word (laughs) cutthroat. Everybody was either trying to save their jobs or something. So to make a long story short, the working environment was not good up there at that time. So we we were wanting to do something else.
0: But your timing then to have the gift shop come up for sale... Was really, you know, it's what perfect. we classify many times, whether you talk religiously or not, divine intervention. There were, there was that moment yeah. that you knew that it was time for you to leave Crabtree and do something else. Whether it goes to another company, but as you point out, Jim, corporate structures are just not what, you know, they are cut out to be. Certainly, I've seen that in the medical field in the last 15 years, so you're right. So coming to Athens made sense. And then the two of you get together, make that decision, make the purchase. And then 27 years later mm-hmm. now, yes. here you are. We will not reveal my story of your first year here <laughs> because that's for another episode. But you take over and then the, take us through the steps of beginning, even though you all had this wonderful background at a different level. Of beginning a local gift store in a town of ten thousand people, county of fifty, take us through those steps. How you started, what you got together, and said this is what we're going to sell.
2: I think um, you know you've got to remember when we made the decision to move here. We bought a house, told Miss Rogers we bought so we bought a house, bought a business, and sold our house in Woodstock, Connecticut, all in forty-eight hours. Oh. I didn't realize it was that short. It was that short. We flew from Boston to Athens. I mean, to well, to Nashville. Mother and dad drove us over here, and we looked at the store. We thought this is a cute little store because it was part of the Robert E. Lee Hotel. It was a thousand square feet, and we thought this will be good. We can we this can and we and actually I think a lot because we had been working with licensees for Crabtree as well, and work with them or whatever you want to call it. And we thought, well, this would be a good stepping stone because we really didn't want to go back into corporate atmosphere at the time. A little nervous. Like I said, we, as my dad always said, leave a party while you're having fun so you have good memories. So I just called it a character building time when it was kind of a little bumpy road there at the end. Jim looked at it a little bit different, but that's okay. I mean, everybody, anyway, so we just jumped into it head first and we had people from friends from Crabtree who came down and they said, what are you going to do? And I said, we're going to open a gift shop. And. It was kind of funny because we knew we kind of had the back of our mind, but then we had a gentleman who was actually helping us do our paperwork, and he goes, "What are you going to do?" And we said, well, "We're going to have a gift shop," and with our last name being Greek, Art Kimball goes, "So what's it going to be called, Greek Bearing Gifts?" We went, "Well, yeah, kind of, sort of," <laughs> and he was going yeah. at the paperwork, and he was being, he was making a joke out of it, and Jim and I'll never forget it because we kept thinking, "Well." Yes, that's what we're gonna do. But it was so funny when we moved here. They said, "Oh no, you gotta keep the name the same because the previous owner had built it up." Yeah. Well, that was not, that was that was their name. So we had to make it. So we had to, we waited about a year. We didn't want to because we were lo- we weren't local. We were new, even though we were from Nashville. We we're from Tennessee. It's still we were new. We're into a small town. That's a culture shock. So we know better.
1: Well, but it was very important, and it yes. was very useful that Ernestine Meharry was your aunt.
2: Yes. Oh, it did. That, yes. that oh, it
1: was is. that was you know we in a, in a yes. town this size the old the old phrase of you know who are your people. Yes. We so could we could at least say who our people yes. were. <laughs> so I could
2: actually say yes when yeah. people understood that people always say, you know, why Why are them Harrys? Why is that your family? Well, that's my mother's maiden name. She was one of the five original children of the, of F.O. Meharry. And so once people put the connection together because they knew my maiden name was Williams, well, that's because Mother married Dad. You know, so they kept, and then every now and then I hear the joke of like, oh, Harry Meharry's your dad. It's like, Harry Williams is <laughs> my no, dad. No. <laughs> so it's, it was just kind of a funny little thing. But anyway, so yes, the, um, so people knew that I was. I had family members
0: here, but and and you know we've been back forty six years. Athens itself did not have what we classified as a, an upscale gift shop. Yes, a fine gift shop, and and I knew Jody forever, mm-hmm. shop there and all that. But uh, because of the small nature of the community, town square, et cetera, et cetera. So, as you all began to, to get into this, take us through, like I say, some of the steps of the products you would, would uh, you know, purchase to make it different than some of the other shops.
2: I think going to market, uh, well, the one thing I learned from Mrs. Andrews um, and also Cy Harvey who owned Crabtree, they always said go to market and remember who your customers are. Remember who they are. And that's what we do. We're we're not, I know some shopkeepers go and pick out what they would want. And that's true, you do, but 90% of the time you go with, who are your customers? So we would go to market, and every time I would say, oh, that looks like Miss So-and-so, or, oh, that looks like Mr. So-and-so, or that looks like Dr. So-and-so, <laughs> like a buyer's choice caroler who looks just like you. I mean, it's just funny how you would literally go. Yeah, he's
0: been discontinued. <laughs> <laughs> there are days when I feel like that caroler, sorry. <laughs>
2: But it looks just like. I mean, I've looked at Jim. I said, "Does that Carol or not look like Dr. Griffith or what?" So sure. you you I, you buy like you think who your customers are, and if you do that, you you keep tried and true with who, and and you have to grow. You have to look and see what else is challenging, what else is what else works, what doesn't work, and you do miss the game sometimes. You do miss, and you have to have a you have to have a major sale anything. Too many crickets. Well, what in the world was I thinking?
1: Yes, but, but one thing, one comment that, that Patty will will get back then, and even to this day, twenty seven years later, particularly, you know, from from maybe visitors from to to the to Athens, they'll walk around the shop for a minute and come up to Patty and go, "You're not from here, are you?"
0: That's exactly what I was thinking.
1: And we go, because well, no.
0: <laughs> well, and, and yet the acceptance of, of quote, unquote, outsiders, mm-hmm. which, which you could be classified as, you know, coming in. But for those of us who have been here the majority of our lives, welcoming people from outside has been a real pleasure for all of us. And then when you get into a spot where you are really in the middle of things, you're right there Mm -hmm. you know you see people come in they don't always buy of course but Mm -hmm. but they you know receive a warm welcome they understand and then they'll be back and the beauty of that for us who are the so-called insiders if you will saying wow Jim and Patty have been here now 27 years well of a long time more so as the community changes people move in and out So as you all look at it, and you now become what I consider uh, a a hub of the wheel in the retail market, and especially downtown, share with us and our listeners a little bit about uh, what the future might look like for retail services in Athens. Certainly, you all have been at this a long time at different levels, how the customers are... Uh, you know uh, evolving if you will Uh, what I have heard you all say and certainly other friends of mine people want stuff a lot quicker they don't want to spend a lot of time you know dealing with you know back orders these kinds of things but how are customers how are we as customers evolving to change your dynamics of what you want to do
2: well, I guess first of all, when you when you come in the store, you I mean, it was like yesterday for an example, the first seven people who came in the store yesterday, four were from California, one was from Texas. And they just kept coming in. There were more people from out of town, and they're coming to this area. They're moving here, so we're growing with them as well. The nicest thing I think they could say is, "Oh my gosh, you you all have." X, Y, and Z, you have all of these things that we have to go to four or five stop shops for in our city. And it's because we fortunately when Jim and I go to market, we look at things and we and we try to put the best things there are. We get the, the like VA and Jaluska. We get the top of the lines and we, we are very proud about that. We we pay our bills on time and we do whatever we can to make sure we get the we don't get the second or the third best. We want the original Product, so I think a lot of people recognize that. Even through COVID, we had we we take pictures all the time. Um, I don't stay up on the website as much as I should and concentrate on that, but I try. But our customers come first. So it's the people who walk in the door. They're like walking into our home because we're we're there all the time, and we want people to feel comfortable. And so they're to us, they're giving us a way back. This is how we make our living. So was just, this this they we're welcoming into our home, but then they're paying us to also look for the best item for them. We also try to gift wrap it so they're just as proud if their gift is dollar ninety five and we gift wrap it, we want them to be just as proud as a dollar ninety five gift as if it's $195 a gift. So as and we are I mean to be in business starting our 27th year, that's amazing because we thought we'd be here like eight or nine, maybe ten years. We didn't know you 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 don't know and especially in retail We've gone through, you know, of course, the store was part of fire on July first of twenty seventeen, and we lived through that character building experience. And then we had COVID, and our customers were so grand to us. They would text us. We take pictures. We email, email them back and forth. We we do whatever we could. We made home deliveries. We still make home deliveries. We still do curbside deliveries. We do every we. We probably go through, I don't know how many bottles of Lysol, just making sure everything is clean before we take it out to somebody who cannot come in shopping still because they may be going through challenges of their life, like chemo or whatever. So we do whatever the customer um, asks us to do for the most part. We've even gone as far as picking up their packages at UPS. This lady was having a party. We special order dinnerware. It got tied up in the world of shipping. It finally arrived at UPS. They let us come in, pick up the pick up the boxes, we put it in our car. We stuffed it into the car. Got to her garage, unpacked it in her garage, and actually loaded the dishwasher all before the store <laughs> opened one day just because it was it was it was up to us to make sure that this came through. We did what we could do, but you know, we kinda of, we try to go that extra mile and we kinda of, we and you, you have to laugh and you have to move on but I mean, the people of all the surrounding areas, McMinn, Mex County, Polk, they've all just been as grand to us as I hope we have been to them. You're, you're Sure, you're not going to make everybody happy and you're not going to have exactly what they want, but hopefully we've seen the change where people, yes, we do have a lot of people who go online and say, do you have this? We've seen this online. Sometimes we can get it, sometimes we can't, but like Jim and I talk about, we try to do what we can, you know, to get the best variety of product in and, and serve them the best we can what else?
1: Well, one just generically speaking, r- having a retail store in a small town is a lot different than having a retail store in a in a larger city or in a uh, a touristy city, because we at Grigsbury Gifts, I would have to say. 85% of our business is from local people and from return customers. We know lit by name and their grandchildren's names. <laughs> 85% of our customers. You won't get that in a touristy area. You know, you'll never see those people again or in a larger city. Now a larger city sure you'll have some regulars, quote unquote, but not 85%. So I'm saying that to point out the fact that but you know, we we do all of this customer service and 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 kind of unique, you know, home deliveries and everything because that is we enjoy doing that. But it's also, that's the nature of small-town business. Mm-hmm. That's why we're still here, as opposed to not doing that and and people becoming a little disenchanted.
2: And I think customers that's, also, <clears throat> they, you know, they, they want to see the product. They want to touch it and feel it. Then there's those people who do still want to do Internet. So.
0: And, but that's an excellent point, Jim. I think word of mouth, constantly in small areas does not really matter what business. We found that to be true from the first day I was here in medical practice. My senior partner said, you need to understand word of mouth will build your practice. And after 40 years and retired seven years, totally correct. And just what you're saying is a key point. And in kind of wrapping this up, what advice would the two of you have for that person that comes to you and says, okay, I want to go into the retail store business in a small town. How would you advise that individual, no matter what their age or anything else, you see the excitement that they want to own their own business, how would you approach that if they said, Patty, Jim, give me some advice for opening a store in the retail business?
1: Don't do it. Don't. <laughs>
0: Jim, <laughs> I'm teasing. Easy. No, but, but realistically, and now let's think about this 27 years is a well long time. And you're right, Jim. Small town, touristy, big city. But in, in fairness, not as a competitor to Greeks bearing gifts, trying to support, and, and I'll use this analogy again. How easy it would be if I were still in practice to say, no, I don't really want you as a young doctor in here, especially coming into my specialty. That would not happen. I learned umpteen years ago, encourage, help develop. You mentioned these folks that developed you into mm-hmm. a very, very successful retailer. And and so how would you do that? Would you be willing to step up and advise, help them through that process? Oh my gosh, yes. It. I mean, the first thing I
2: would do is tell them, um, make sure you have money set aside. Um, don't necessarily take a business loan out. Just go ahead and have money set aside. Uh, plan. Walk around. I mean, the one thing about Athens too. Athens is growing. We have a new. We have a program that was. We started. Several of us started in 2014, and now Main Street is just is growing, and that's what's helping our downtown grow. If you drive through downtown Athens, you will see the changes. You'll see even more so. Hopefully, in about 12 or 18 months, and it it'll keep growing and the more stores that you have the better off you are. People will sit there and say that, yes, and if you have four hundred dollars and you're gonna go shopping downtown and there's more stores, yes, that does take more out of your pocket as only being like maybe one or two stores, but that also will tell people the customers who are coming from other places or even their local people they say, Oh my gosh, they now have eight or nine stores downtown as opposed to two or three. It'll make you more you know, make you more, you can spend the day down there, you know, eat at Maddie Mays. You can you can walk around town, you'll see, um, you can walk by some of those beautiful churches. So you can see a lot of different things if you're walking around downtown now in a different way of, of, of looking at it. And then as far as helping someone grow, make sure you're not going to step on anybody's toes. Make sure you're going to be so individual. when, Like I said, when Jim and I go to market, you've got to remember Atlanta is one of the best markets there and we've been fortunate we've gone to every market there is san francisco new york seattle doesn't make any difference chicago but atlanta by far is the best it is the biggest it's the largest and you won't for the most part step on this step on the toes of your other neighbor because you want to make sure that you have different things in your store and you're going to cater a different customer there are there are some things you may see at our store that you may see around the corner at another store, but we try desperately not to do that so that you do see different things. And it just so happens that we sometimes we do we do cater to the same people, and that's how we find out sometimes that we have the same thing. But hopefully our reps will keep on top of that. But then the the next thing after learning who your customer is, getting involved with the community, you've got to get involved with the community in many ways, shapes, and forms, and not just yes we donate to. Almost everybody who comes by and asks for a donation, we're we're very fortunate we can give back to our community that way. But you also give in time and service and in uh, community in community ways, which is uh, Jim's been an optimist. Um, I was in Rotary Club and was because the Rotary Club closed. But you know we're involved on many boards and the giving back that way.
0: I think that's excellent, Patty, and that, that will lead in to I hope a second podcast. Uh, a little bit out of time today but it's just a wonderful experience having you all with me today talking about this industry itself and we will get into both of y'all's community service and another podcast and i greatly appreciate you all being with me today uh for on my mind and i appreciate our listeners if you all have any comments in the listening audience you know the drill. You can email me at shellgriff at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to get that information back to Patty and Jim or respond to you. But I do look forward to another episode about community service that you all have been so involved with. And as I say to all of our listeners every time, I hope you have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further on up the road.